Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness. It refers to union or unity, meaning bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously rest in our essential spiritual nature. We could see this then as being restored to our original wholeness. Yoga then is abiding in the conscious awareness of our true self. It is self-realization, knowing our true spiritual nature, and then, of course, um, living in harmony with that nature. Today's topic is the core of yoga, essential ideas for spiritually conscious living from the Yoga Sutra, and it's part one of a two-part conversation. And joining us today is Nikolai Bachman. Nikolai has been studying and teaching Sanskrit, chanting yoga philosophy, Ayurveda, and other topics since 1994. And he has a wonderful knack for synthesizing and organizing the complex uh, topics of yoga philosophy into simple and understandable presentations, um, which he's done with a recent book he has now, his latest book out called The Path of the Yoga Sutra, A Practical Guide to the Core of Yoga. And we're going to be drawing from that in the program today. Nikolai studied extensively at the American Sanskrit Institute, the Ayurvedic Institute, the American Institute of Vedic Studies, and the Vedic Chant Center. He holds an MA in Eastern Philosophy, an MS in Nutrition, and um, 
is uh, RYT uh, certified, and he's authored several Sanskrit book and CD learning tools, um, including that fabulous uh, kit that is just a wonderful study guide, the Yoga Sutra, Essential Guide to the Heart of Yoga Philosophy that has um, flashcards and a workbook along with it. So, uh, Nikolai, I'm so delighted that you're back uh, with us on the Yoga Hour today. Welcome. Thanks a lot, Ellen. And before we uh, dive into looking at some of these key concepts of yoga, uh, let's begin with a key yoga practice, which is just a centering meditation for a moment. In this moment, we turn our attention within. As we open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, recognizing that one reality, called by many names, is the support and the substance of all that is. So right where we are, right now, we can know and affirm and experience that this reality, this divine essence is present. It is within us, around us, between us. So as we stop for a moment to just become more aware, we can use our breath to help us become quiet, just noticing as we breathe in, Pulling our attention within for this moment. Just feeling the mind sink into the heart. Letting our restless thoughts subside. Just with each breath, diving within, expanding into our infinite, essential self. Each breath out, letting go of any stress. the mental field, our emotions calm down, the body relaxes. So let us acknowledge this peace now and let it overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere.
I'm delighted, um, Nikolai, that you're back with us on the Yoga Hour today. And in this opening segment, we're going to take a look really at what the Yoga Sutra tells us about our essential nature and, of course, its instrument, the mind. The Yoga Sutra gives us uh, a map of the mind that helps us see how we think and gives us some insights that supports our ability then um, to use the mind as a tool to make conscious choices that are consistent with our divine nature and our highest good. So understanding, of course, our essential nature, what we are, and the nature of the mind can help us avoid errors that lead to suffering. And, of course, at the core of yoga is the goal of this self-knowing, self and God realization, and discovering what's true about life itself, and learning to live in harmony with that truth. Uh, Nikolai, in your book, The Path of the Yoga Sutras, you, you've, you've sort of walked us through step by step, stone by stone, <laughs> um, taking the concepts these that are, of course, in Sanskrit in the Yoga Sutra and sort of plumbing the depth of what these uh, concepts are. Um, by defining the Sanskrit term, um, helping us see them, you know, in a practical way and looking at um, some ways that we can reflect on these concepts and practices we can put into place. So let's start with um, the, the tour of our essential nature. And, and of course, right off the bat, you know, we see that in, in the Yoga Sutra, terms that, that um, help us understand what we are. Let's start with that um, opening uh, chitta. What is the chitta? And what does the, the really the second verse um, tell us about ourselves? Okay. Um, the chitta <clears throat> is, I, I, you know, I call that the uh, heart-mind field of consciousness. So it's it's a. It's not a physical thing. It's a. It's a field, uh, kind of like an energy field, and it and it relates to both the heart and the mind because it, it'll it'll um, have the functions of thought and the functions of emotion, kind of both together. So this chitta is really. It's important to understand that right off the bat because um, then we have a sense for what um, what we're dealing with. What what kind of um, functions are, are there um, when we talk about some of these other concepts. So the chitta is, um, the other thing about the chitta is it's conditionable. Uh, so as we, you know, go through life, our heart, mind, field of consciousness, the chitta is, is conditioned by our experience. And so we kind of gradually become, you know, who we are based on our own experiences and um also you know it said um on what's coming in from a, from past lives although you don't really have to believe in reincarnation to um to get a lot you know to understand this concept but so whatever we've go, gone through up till now in our life has made us has made us who we are uh that conditioning and part of the um the sutra 1.2 is saying you know um it's actually the definition of yoga. Uh, yoga shchitta vritti nirodaha just is basically saying yoga is 
the nirodha, the stilling of chitta vrittis, of these um, fluctuations in our consciousness. And that implies that the fluctuations are due to um, what's going on around us and the uh, conditioning that our chitta has um, accumulated. So, you know, yoga is basically saying, it's saying that the yoga, the state of yoga, you can see yoga as a state or a process. Yoga as a state would be when the mind is completely, the heart and the mind are completely still in a sense. There aren't any distractions going on. You're, you're focused on whatever your point of focus is completely and nothing else is getting in the way. Um, and this is basically equivalent to uh, samadhi in this sutra. Um, now, uh, yoga can also be considered a process, uh, meaning that the you know the eight limbs of yoga, kriya yoga, all these different kinds of tools that are given by Patanjali are part of this process of clarifying, uh, purifying, and refining our heart-mind field. Uh, towards uh, stilling these fluctuations. Mm. Yeah, and, and, you know, yoga, as you mentioned, uh, state or process, um, you know, we can think of that too as the, as the goal and the way. You know, that, that, that yoga is the, is the aim, this uh, clear knowing self, uh, realization, God realization, oneness, consciousness, and as you mentioned, it's it's also the process, it's the sadhana, it's the practices um, that that are part of this um, inward turning, this inward orientation, and 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 the awakening um, process. Um, you know, I, I I skipped over the first sutra, which is really one of my favorites. So let's go back there, and then we'll come back to the the second. Um, that you know that very first word, of course, atta. Um, you know, often when I teach about Yoga Sutra, I say, you know, look, there are just 196 of them, and, and you know, from my perspective, potentially wouldn't have wasted one any one of them, you know, as a filler. And even though that's a traditional way, um, you know, this word that, you know, is usually translated as now, but has a deeper meaning, um, even though it's a traditional way to introduce a a yoga scripture, um, it's so rich in terms of, you know, what it reveals to us uh, really about the practice of yoga. So let's talk a little bit about atta and its deeper meaning and and why perhaps it the whole book starts off that way. Yeah, this word atta is really, you know, remember traditionally this text was taught uh, by a teacher in a in a small group setting or even a one-on-one setting. And this word atta, it, it doesn't actually literally mean, it means now in the sense of here begins, uh, but it doesn't, a lot of people think it means now in the sense of time, and it doesn't really, really mean that. Um, but atta implies uh, that you are ready to undertake the study and the practice of yoga. And it's not something to 
take really lightly. It's not some. It's not a book you just kind of pick up and and read in a light way and 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 you know try to understand what it's about. It's it's supposed to be experiential. It's supposed to be a long term study. It's supposed to be practiced every day as you're you know learning about each of these concepts or each of these sutras. So this first sutra, Atta Yoga Anushasanam. You know, literal, literally, of course, just says, here begins, you know, the teaching anushasanam of yoga. And so the other thing is about this, the this word anushasanam, shasanam actually means teaching. Anushasanam, the, the little prefix anu means like following. So Patanjali put that little prefix in there to show that this is part of a long tradition. It's part of a lineage, and it's it's just kind of going. It's he's keeping it going, and so there's a lot more behind um, yoga than you know. Uh, even maybe even in this text, but this text does cover you know it quite well in Patanjali's view. Remember, this is Patanjali's view of what yoga is. Uh, the original uh, title is uh, Patanjala Yoga Darshanam, which is the, the view of yoga according to um, Patanjali. So the readiness aspect of this is really, you know, that you have to have a certain amount of willingness to change, a certain amount of open-mindedness, uh, a willingness to want to improve yourself in some way, want to refine your behavior, refine your thoughts, um, Become, you know, basically become a better person, become a happier person, uh, be able to interact with other people in a in a better way, um, et cetera, et cetera. So this this word um, signifies a, a kind of readiness, you know, to make that turn towards um, a contemplation, meditation, a disciplined uh, way of living, and and also um, it it seems to indicate a kind of auspiciousness in which, um, you know, everything has brought us to that, to that path, you know, to that time, to that moment uh, when, uh, you know, there is a readiness for these teachings uh, to occur. And we're getting ready for our break now. And when we come back, we'll go back into talking about um, yoga and more specifically and this quieting of the, the chitta, the mental field, and the big question that everybody has, which is, okay, how? How does that happen? You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Nikolai Bachman, and we'll be right back with you. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently 
seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith, I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real-world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Rev. Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour with our special guest today, Nikolai Bachman. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and and in this segment of the Yoga Hour, we're going to explore a little further what Patanjali's Yoga Sutra tells us about our essential nature, how we can uh, know that, the truth of it for ourselves, and um, what the components of the mind have to do with it. So we talked a little bit in the first segment about uh, the second sutra in the first chapter, uh, the Samadhi um, Pada in the sutra that, that gives the definition of yoga um, and tells us that, you know, when the mind field is, uh, is quiet, when the vrittis, the modifications, the changes have become still, uh, then one experiences yoga. And so the question that always arises is, um, well, how, do, how can that possibly occur? You know, how can we experience um, these changes, these thought waves um, becoming quiet? And there are two important uh, key concepts to that that potentially gives, and then in the 12th Sutra, um, abhyasa and vairagya. So let's start with abhyasa, Nikolai. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So abhyasa is, well, so that sutra 112, it says, the nirodha of those 
meaning of the vrittis, meaning of the fluctuations in the citta, the things that cause distra- the distractions, the, the, the roda of those, the quieting of those distractions is due to these two very important principles, one called abhyasa and one called vairagya. So abhyasa, um, you can think of that as a diligent, focused practice. So um, the su- there are actually sutras, uh, 113 and 114, talk about what abhyasa is, and then 15 and 16 talk about what vairagya is. So um, the sutras say, in, in, in 13 especially, it says abhyasa is essentially the effort to maintain a point of focus. And then the next one says, you know, gives more information. It's supposed to be uninterrupted, going on for a long period of time with sincerity and et cetera. And that's why, and that's when it becomes firmly grounded. So this is all about having some kind of a practice. It doesn't have to be only one practice, but one at a time over a long period of time. And when you do the same thing over a long period of time, you create a pattern. And if your practice is focusing, you know, basically like in meditation, um, then you, and you do it over and over again every day, you know, for a certain number of weeks or months, then you you start to create a habit or a pattern and it starts to become part of you and you start to really enjoy it and you don't want to, your day to go on without it. And this is what it takes to move toward, to practice yoga and to move towards yoga. This also is, occurs with an asana practice, uh, you know, yoga posture practice. Uh, or a pranayama practice. Anything you do, you know, over and over again on a regular basis for a long time, this will eventually lead to, you know, um, clarification of of the citta, which will ultimately lead to that state of yoga. Yeah, and we're planting um, we're planting new seeds. You know, yoga, uh, of course, is about you know clearing away. Um, habits and patterns um, <clears throat> that are not useful or, or that, you know, cloud the citta. Um, and so with our, our practice, you know, we're actually then creating um, some ways of being that are supportive of uh, being more more clear and more, more focused. And, you know, the thing about abhyasa that you know, is so important, I think, to understand, as as you've talked about, um, Nikolai, is this, it means, you know, diligent, focused, steady practice. And it's that quality um, which is critical, you know, not practicing, you know, four hours one day, <laughs> your meditation, uh, and then none, you know, the next three days. Um, but this, this steadiness, it contributes to um, quieting the mental field. Paramahansa Yogananda had a beautiful way of describing this. He said, you know, let your um, devotion for God be like a, a wood fire that burns long and slow and not like a straw fire that, you know, bur- blazes hot and strong but then quickly um, burns out. So, you know, yoga is, is a lifetime practice. And so, you know, we, we want to integrate it in such a way that we have this quality 
um, of steadiness. And um, I just want to point out that, you know, with each of these concepts that we're talking about today in, in Nikolai's new book, um, it forms a discrete uh, chapter, for example. So we're looking at a Biasa, which is uh, chapter six, and it begins with an inspiration from uh, Sheng Yen that says, be soft in your practice. Think of the method as a fine silvery stream, not a raging waterfall. Follow the stream, have faith in its course. It will go on its own way, meandering here, trickling there. It will find the grooves, the cracks, the crevices. Just follow it. Never let it out of your sight. It will take you. That's a lovely, lovely quote for that, Nikolai. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it was hard to find a quote that was just right. But uh, yeah, that, that one did, does really well with uh, Abhyasam. And it also, one of the things I like about it is it, is it points to, um, in a subtle way, you know, what, what an important concept at the core of yoga practice, which is that we're not trying to create a spiritual condition um, through our practice, but, but we're trying to um, reconnect ourselves or follow, you know, that which is um, true already, you know, so this yearning that we have, um, to experience, um, freedom, uh, uh, clear awareness, you know, that, that is innate, um, to us. And so uh, I like the way he's talking about, you know, following the stream, um, you know, our steady practice is really returning to the self again and again and again. Yeah, and that's what happens if you're following something um, in a nice, slow, even way. You're automatically you're kind of quieting down. Uh, if anything that goes really fast isn't going to contribute to uh, calmness. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, and the, just and if you're doing the the stop and start, <laughs> then um, you're creating um, really, I think, more vrittis, you know, more interference um, by that, because there's a lot of thought activity that goes along with that as well. It's not calming, it's more um, uh, of a restless nature. Uh, so what about um, it's, it's, it's a paired practice of vairagya. Let's talk about that one, um, this non-attachment or dispassion. Sometimes that's more difficult for people to understand. Yeah, this one, some people just translate this simply as detachment, but it's, it doesn't really do it justice. Vairagya can mean, it can actually be a, a result of abhyasa. Um, vairagya is kind of like um, becoming less interested and less involved with external things, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, certain, it could be certain attachments that are there or, you know, the things around you, you're not quite as, uh, I, I mean, in a sense, you don't care as much about what goes on around you, even though you care you know, you care, you still care about other people, and you still care about what happens in the world. But, but whatever happens isn't going to throw off your center. Mm, so you, that's really the key. That's really the key of it, isn't it? And and that's the part I think 
people grapple with, you know, like, well, if I become dispassionate, it means that I don't care, but it, you know, it really, it's, um, in a sense, being able to care with more clarity if, because sometimes we get so involved um, that we lose our center, you know, just to, as you're pointing out. So it, it's really helpful, I think, to understand it in that way. Yeah, it's like not being caught up in uh, all the goings and the hustle and bustle of the external world. You're not, you're not caught up. You're always, you're trying to maintain, you know, really you're supposed to, I mean, I shouldn't say supposed to, you're supposed the, the idea is to always think of that divine inner light of awareness within and and without. And, you know, in whatever um, action you're doing, the, the best kind of action is an action that's, action that's an offering to that. And so you're, in that sense, you're, it's like offering something into the fire. You're, you're doing it, you're performing an action, and you're just kind of saying, okay, Whatever the result is, that's what's going to happen, and I'm going to accept it. doesn't mean you can't try again or anything like that, but it does mean that whatever happens as a result of your action isn't going to throw you off center. Mm, yeah, and it doesn't mean that you don't have a goal. Um, you know, that you're just, you know, you know, whatever, <laughs> there's, a, there's a different quality to it, which is a, you can have a focused intentionality, but there is this peace that brings, um, freedom and, uh, and joy and, um, peace with it, which is, as you mentioned, not being attached, um, to outcomes and, um, doing what we do um, as an offering um, to the higher self. So let's talk before we, um, in this segment, let's talk a little bit about that higher self and how uh, yoga in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra um, talks about that. So um, let's talk about, let's start with Purush and um, Prakriti and those those concepts that are in there. Um what about Purush, this idea of the higher self? How, how is that put forth in the sutra? Well, the, the Purusha is, um, you know, there are a few sutras that mention it, and some of them are in the more advanced uh, sutras in Chapter 4. Um, but a lot of what the Purusha is, and the I'm going to use the word so, so the audience understands, the sutras use both the word purusha and the word drishya, I mean uh, drashtra, sorry, to mean the same thing, this uh, divine inner light of awareness. And then, which is basically, there's that which never changes, uh, which is conscious, inactive, uh, it just rests and watches, as opposed to everything else in the manifest world, which changes is unconscious alone by itself and is considered to be, you know, impermanent. So the Purusha, this light of awareness, pervades all of this Prakriti, this uh, manifest world. And these are actually terms that are coming from this Sankhya philosophy. And this text is based on the Sankhya philosophy. And this text was written with the assumption that the student going into the study knows a little bit about uh, the Sankhya philosophy, already has some background. He doesn't really define 
you know, Purusha or anything like that. Uh, he talks about it a little bit, but he doesn't actually define it. So that's another aspect of Atta. Exactly. And that's why, you know, we have commentaries on the sutra and, you know, why it's important, of course, to be studying with a teacher or, or reading a teacher's uh, commentary. Um, so we've just started with taking a look at how the Yoga Sutra um, looks at the divine nature, the higher nature, um, Purush, the um, pure uh, consciousness and prakriti nature and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about that you are listening to the yoga hour i'm ellen grace o'brien and my guest today is nikolai bachman nikolai has a new book out called the path of the yoga sutras a practical guide to the core of yoga and we're really drawing from that as we talk about these um, concepts found in the yoga sutra that can help us uh, understand our divine nature, the nature of the mind, and and how to live in the highest way. Um, you can access uh, information about Nikolai's work and his um, books uh, and teaching teachings at uh, SanskritSounds.com. We welcome your comments and questions at Yoga Hour at Unity.fm, and we'll be right back with you. Working at Unity Village is more than just a good job. It's good work. We're a not-for-profit organization that helps people around the globe live more abundant and meaningful lives. Our work environment is unique in keeping with the heritage of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, visionary founders of the Unity Movement. At the same time, Unity is a 21st century workplace. Job seekers will find plenty of challenges in a wide range of specialties, from information technology to culinary arts communications to publishing, prayer ministry to retreats, and more. Employees are eligible for a variety of perks and benefits, including a campus setting with year-round activities and a four-day work week in many departments. To see what employment opportunities await you, visit us at unityjobs.org and apply today. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists discussing things like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Oh, no, no, no. He has a list of upcoming guests that sounds like a roll call of the Interfaith Council. Rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a topic and let them go for it. Imagine having a rabbi and a Catholic priest talking about Jesus as a Jew, or asking a biblical literalist to explain creationism to a liberal Christian Bible scholar. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he'll keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So, let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. 
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Nikolai Bachman, author of The Path of the Yoga Sutras, A Practical Guide to the Core of Yoga. And uh, just before the break, we started talking about um, how the Yoga Sutra uh, presents um, the concepts of the uh, divine nature and um, the material world. And we, we had just started talking about uh, Purush and um, Prakriti. So let's go back there for a, a moment, uh, Nikolai, about those two uh, eternal principles. Uh, what else would you like to offer about that? Okay. Well, um, first of all, the Purusha, uh, you could think of it, if you've ever gone on a hike, you know, if you, you some people go for a hike and you get a workout and you go all the way up the mountain and come back and you, that's the point of your hike and you don't really see that much, but other people might stop and lie on the ground in the middle of the woods and, and just hear and see. And you end up seeing and hearing a lot more things when you're quiet and still. And so part of what yoga is is to kind of um, take that uh, step back and put yourself in the position of the purusha and watch yourself. Uh, watch what's happening around you and watch how you act and how you behave and try to get a sense in a, that way about who you are. Mm, that's a beautiful way to describe it. And when we go back to that, um, to the opening sutras that describe, um, that define yoga, you know, that tells us, you know, when the mental field um, becomes clarified, then it says the drashtur, the, the seer, which um, is equivalent to purush, uh, purusha, uh, abides in its own nature. And so that's what I'm, I'm hearing you describe in such a beautiful way. You know, we, we can have a different view when we abide in our um, essential nature that is expansive, right? Yeah, exactly. It's that light inside of us. And it's, you know, 
remember that that isn't affected by anything at all. Like any anything that goes on, that that is not affected in the in the least. Uh, any actions or patterns or conditions or impressions or anything, that light is always pure. And um, when you can kind of uh, connect with that light, which really is the goal of yoga, then you know you can play, kind of place yourself in that um, in that position, and it. Also, that, that connection also ends up cultivating what we call sattva, this um, term that's a set of qualities that uh, are generally considered to be good and positive, like nonviolence and truthfulness and, you know, uh, integrity and uh, things like that. And, you know, and when you describe, you know, when we, we study these concepts like purush, prakriti, sattva, all these, these words that are new, you know, to many students where, who don't know Sanskrit, you know, it sounds so complicated. But when you take the example that you've given of, you know, being out in nature and, and, and taking this view, uh, that is quiet and observing, um, it's just a beautiful way to describe how actually how very simple it is. You know, sometimes I think we make the practice of yoga, you know, more complicated than it needs to be. You know, we've all had the experience of yoga or uh, samadhi in the sense of, you know, being um, aware uh, you know, unimpeded awareness where, where we are resting in our essential nature as the seer. And um, so I really like the way that, you know, you do make the terms very accessible because um, it's important to the practice of yoga for us to understand that, you know, it's something that we, that we can do right now. That it's, uh, it's about how we focus our attention and uh, how awake we can be in any moment. Um, so, uh, Purusha, spirit, soul, cosmic spirit, uh, the indwelling form of pure consciousness that is eternal, it's awake, aware, unchanging, unmoving. And then we have um, Prakriti um, that makes creation possible. So, let's, let's talk a little bit about Prakriti and how those two um, come together. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, um, ways to look at that. Um, the prakriti is, remember, that's kind of the changing manifest uh, world, and that's what's, you know, going on, you know, going on around us all the time. And so, you know, the characteristics of prakriti are, again, that it's, un- it's unconscious without the purusha. The purusha is that underlying, it's actually the underlying intelligence in a sense, that uh, allows everything to allow nature to unfold, um, but nature itself is uh, is unconscious without it. Um, it's always changing. It's the observable world. It's depend. It's it's um, you might say it's um, composite as opposed to uniform or homogeneous. The purusha is just kind of one thing um, that just. You know, there's no, there are no differences in Purusha. Time doesn't exist in Purusha. Time only, time and space only exist in the manifest world. And we can see that in a practical way, you know, when we meditate, you know, when we get beyond 
um, the movements of uh, thought, you know, beyond the gunas and the changes that are occurring in the chitta, uh, in uh, superconscious meditation, we we are outside of time and space. You know, we you know we we um, are not conscious of abiding in the body. You know, when we rest in the essential self as the as the seer. Uh, in the Purusha, and, and we also don't have the experience of time passing, and so you know this is a very accessible experience. You know, as we as we learn about these concepts, and then we can say, oh yeah, you know, when I'm meditating, um, I, I'm not thinking about what time it is. You know, when we're actually in the depth of meditation, and I'm also not. Um, um, sensing myself in space, there there's a, a sense of expansiveness, you know, beyond time and space. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's it's very uh, it's that state in which you're you don't exist as an individual anymore. You're completely merged, and it's not a anything that extraordinary. I mean, it's it, it is in a sense, but it's. Going back to what you're saying about the complex and the simple, this is going from the complex to the simple. Going, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going <laughs> towards the ordinary, in a sense, uh, because you know you, there's all the, the complexity exists in the outer world. That's a beautiful way of of describing it, Nikolai, and, and of course it, it it has to do with going from you know the mini to the one, right? <laughs> the mini, right, dist- the, right. the ten thousand things, yeah. as they would say in Zen, all the distractions to the simplicity of oneness, um, and and, <clears throat> and, it, and the practice of yoga, you know, ideally brings us a, a sense of um, peace. Um, from that ability to experience that uh, simplicity, that that oneness, um, <clears throat> we have um, you know just a couple of, of minutes left, and and I wonder if just quickly we could touch on. I know it's a tall order, Nikolai. If we could touch on this word Ishwara. Um, that is also used in the sutra that refers uh, to God or to the Creator and. Uh, Let's just touch on that, and then you know, next week, if we have more to say, we can elaborate on that a little more. Okay. Um, yeah, each for uh, you know, in the sutras, it said it's it's a kind of uh, purusha, and you can think of each for uh, in, in several different ways. It says in the sutras, it's the seed of omniscience, the seed of all knowing. So you can think of it as all knowledge that exists. And that now that doesn't mean what we know. That means all knowledge that was known, that we know, and we will know everything. Uh, in other words, um, when you come, think you're coming up with a new idea, you're not. All you're really doing is kind of tapping into that library of knowledge that already exists, and you're able to, um, you know, know what that means. That, mm-hmm. that that's all it means as far as Ishvara goes. The other way to see it is to, that each Ishvara is, is the actual teachings. And if you see it this way, then you can understand that this path is, it's okay to be, to follow the teachings and be, you know, uh, but there's a difference between the teachings and the teacher. And it's, it's a good idea generally to not be attached to the teacher 
and focus on the teachings, even though you know you need the teacher for to transmit the teachings, but not to you know not to give away your power to the teacher and, and not to think that they're what's going on. It's it's always supposed to be focused on the action, the teachings themselves. Yeah, that is that is really helpful, and um, I, I really liked what you were saying about um, seeing Ishwara as you know all knowledge that has ever been. The, you know, the teach it's called the teacher of all teachers, and and um, understanding that you know when we quote unquote come up with an idea, you know that it is accessing that knowledge that has always been. And that helps free us up from ego to a certain degree, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not like it's not like my my idea. Um, the practice of Ishvara Pranidana, you know, uh, surrendering to Ishvara is is largely a practice of letting go of the ego. Yeah, and um, so I think we will touch a little bit more on this uh, next week when we uh, come back and. But when we close today, Nikolai, I want to ask you if you have, uh, at least for today, uh, I know mind changes from time to time. So I want to ask you if you have a favorite sutra you would like to leave us with um, today. Yeah, do you want me to chant it? Oh, that would be great. Sure. This is Sutra 334 in the section on the, um, on the powers, actually. Kridaye Chitta Samvita, a very short sutra. It means by meditation on the heart, which is considered to be the center of one's spiritual being, then that results in full knowledge of the chitta. In other words, full knowledge of your field of consciousness. Mm. Mm. This is letting your mind your restless mind sink into the heart <laughs> letting yeah. go of of clinging uh, to all um that would restrict and just expanding into the infinite that's a beautiful one to leave us with and we'll have the opportunity next week to further explore these ideas uh, it's been a joy to share this yoga hour with you and thank you Nikolai for um, being my guest today again for more information about Nikolai and to order his newest book um, you can get it from regular booksellers or visit his website Sanskrit sounds.com for information about uh, programs at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment you can visit our website csecenter.org I'll meet you at the yoga hour next week and until then let your inner light shine into the world and remember to share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Thanks again, Nikolai. It's great to be with you. I'll look forward to our conversation next week. Thanks a lot, Ellen, for having me on your show. All right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. In a world that accepts mediocrity, conformity, and limitation, we are being called to shatter previously held beliefs about what is possible and live bigger, bolder, and more outrageously. As we explore cutting-edge ideas, people, teachings, and practices, we will settle for nothing less than a life lived with passion and purpose. Join Reverends Robin Ryder and Robin Ferguson live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time and explore what it is like to live your life out loud. Rebels with a Cause, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony. Healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What would a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What would a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith, or no faith at all, to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 